0: Back Matters from the Salvos.
1: Mark Seymour was the lead singer of the extremely successful Australian band Hunters and Collectors. And he's been solo since 1998. He is highly respected by Australian rock stars. And if we remember the band The Sports, who had those hits in the late 70s with the Who Listens to the Radio and Don't Throw Stones, the lead singer Stephen Cummings writes about Mark, about how he is a very deep thinking individual. That's to paraphrase Stephen's comments a little. But Mark gave me some time at Mushroom Records Melbourne recently to talk about his life and the lack of justice for one thing in the world that he sees. Mark also wrote, I hear the outrage of youth in the voices of my children. And he says to them, maintain your rage. His depth of thinking about
0: injustice and social issues started early as a kid. As Mark explains. I mean, my mother used to say things like, um, the end never justifies the means. They would just be comments that were made, they were very religious, mum and dad were quite very religious people. So they, they looked at everything through the, um, the you know, events in the world, through that prism of, of growing up with strong belief in Jesus. and Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was Roman Catholic, so it was pretty staunch, you know. Um, so they had that way of viewing. Now, I, I rejected that, but I'd never really, but if you're brought up from an early age, you never let go of a sense of moral questioning, you know, and, and that's kind of where I'm coming from. So I just, you know, I think with my kids, and especially my eldest daughter, cause she's getting to a stage where you know, she's about to leave home, that I really encourage them to form opinions, to question what they're being told and to, and to form opinions that aren't necessarily um, adopted by the mainstream and to think, you know, think and question. And
1: One comment you made, if I can paraphrase it, how a man spends 80 grand on a palm tree to decorate the home of his mistress while 48 asylum seekers are dying
0: in their boat as it smashes against the rocks on Christmas Island. I suppose what I was trying to get at is, I mean, you get to a certain point where you say, you know, I've lived with having these strong views and values, you know, and strong, strong opinions about, you know, a sense of what's right and wrong about the way we go about our business as human beings. But you get to a certain age, and you think, well, I'm not sure that what I've done has actually made a great deal of difference, you know. And you have to sort of think, Mike, you know, you think about micromanaging your life and just trying to look at the the fundamentals that you've achieved, and you know, you think about, well, what have I done that's good, and what have I done that's bad, you know? And you know, as we all do, we try to navigate our way through life and make the best of it. But but then when you actually look out at the world, and you go, well, kind of, there, that's going on there, and that's going on there, and there's, there's this glaring imbalance in terms of wealth and what human happiness and how much access some people have to it and others don't you know and to me I suppose that's really what I'm trying to draw my children's attention to look at that I'm not suggesting you go out and you firebomb the guy's house but you just notice it you just have an awareness of of just how much injustice there is in the world, you know. Um, and if you choose to want to try and change it, might want to go off and become a join medicine sans Frontieres or whatever, you know. You might make a definite decision, but you might not either. But it's important, I think, to carry those that awareness through life, especially when you vote. So you just don't vote out of ignorance, which most Australians do, you know, because they just believe what they're being told in the mainstream media.
1: I think of your song, The Patsy, in your words. And what about
0: Christine Keneally? Now, there was a lamb to the slaughter. Oh yeah, she's definitely set up. But she knew she was. I mean, I, the thing I was trying to make a point there with the, that the last song on the album was, is that people choose these roles. Either they think they can make a difference or they're just, I, I think she's a genuine, she's a genuine article. I mean, I don't, I don't question her motives at all, but, but it's just interesting the way those scenarios keep re-emerging in political life you know it's a loaded question but your thoughts on the Sharia law
1: and the push to have it introduced here in Australia as it is being done in England for example
0: well I can sort of understand I mean this is where the skeptics mind comes in I mean I can understand why Islamist fundamentalist people people who believe in Sharia law would like to see it encrypted into our system but I think they have to be reasonable, you know. We have a system already that more or less works reasonably well. The system of justice in the courts, based on sort of the system of precedence that comes from right back to the Magna Carta, I mean, it's been highly refined and resolved. Uh, and it's a pretty good system, really. And why would we introduce this separate little cloistered set of rules for one particular group in the community? Now? And, 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 and then? allow Islamists to then say, well, you know, this particular family member has no right to have access to the same sets of um, rights that a, a normal Australian citizen has if under family law, to go into a family law court and say, my father's been abusing me, or something of that nature. Um, no, they can't do that because they, they they have to recognise the prior precedence of the laws of their own religion. Uh, to, to me, that's just completely unacceptable.
1: You wrote The mind is creator and slave. Can
0: you um, unpack that a bit? (laughs) Unpack it. Uh, Well, just the psyche. The psyche is... You you do have a tendency to eat yourself, you know? That thoughts... I mean, the Hindus have a lot to say about this. I mean, that thoughts are circular. And the baggage we carry through accumulating experience just can, can clutter the mind and you're not able to actually think clearly. And so... I don't believe that you can put absolute faith in reason. You just can't. It's because, you know, we're human beings and we suffer. You know, I do envy people who have faith, but because I'm a skeptic and I was brought up one, even despite the fact that my parents were Catholics, they were also intellectuals. So there's always been that um, dichotomy in the way my mind works. I'm very aware of the value of faith, but I just struggle to embrace it. You know, I'm constantly, you know, evaluating, and it, it's 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 not an easy place to be. You know, but um, but that's just where I am, and I probably it's me, it's defined me. And you know, I've, I'm in my 50s now, so I'm look. My chances are I'm going to stay this way for the, till I die. You know, you sort of know by the time you get to this age. you know. Do you have a resolve who Jesus is? Look, I understand. I understand who he is historically um, because I've read a lot about that part of the world. The thing that I don't I can't accept about Jesus is the idea of unconditional forgiveness. And whether that's because I'm brought up a Catholic and that, that there, is an, there is a dark side to the Catholic faith, which is um, guilt, or whether or not I think it's possible for human beings to be unconditionally forgiving. Because you know? the thing that he, that he taught that was so unique in his era, assuming that the New Testament's true, <laughs> uh, is the notion of compassion and forgiveness, and the idea of a forgiving God which is beautiful, but I'm not quite convinced that you can have that in your life and then have to deal with the day-to-day reality of what, of what people are like to each other on a daily basis.
1: That's interesting because I had an interview with a, the pastor of Parramatta Anglican a while back, and, I mean, you're exactly right. He said that he doesn't think it's in the human psyche to be able to forgive unconditionally where there is no justice and that God says, vengeance is mine, he will judge. Uh, he unpacked what it meant, of course, by revenge, because I mean, God's not all about getting even, but about there being a penalty.
0: I mean, there must be justice. Yeah, see, you've got to remember this is language we invented as a way of coming, trying to understand ourselves. If there is a God, then finessing what kind of God he is is a reasonable idea to reflect on. But But there is always the atheist argument that, which I haven't turned my back on which is that this is language we invented. So where do you think you would lie? I'm probably in the middle yeah yeah look the problem with atheism is that it's there is a side to it which is fanatical fanaticism of any kind is you know I'm repulsed by really I think and I see it in people I know some of my best friends are fanatical atheists and there's a sort of a bully there's a overbearing kind of domineering language in, in, in a lot of contemporary atheism which are just just not tenable because it just alien it turns people off i think really at the end of the day i just encourage people to question everything <laughs> terrible as it sounds and it's hard work you know to constantly stay in a position and i can't but i it is a default position i take that i question i just ask questions
1: so, What's
0: the one question that you would ask God for an answer for? Oh, I ask what is love. Yeah, that would be my question, definitely. It's something I think about a lot of the time, you know. What makes you thirst after that? Uh, well, meaning, really. Like it's a, it's just it's trying to find meaning because whenever you you can analyze the reason for people clinging to each other and needing each other's support for selfish reasons. We can always interpret human behavior on the basis of self-interest, but there's always the contrary. Well, and then people express their needs and their vulnerability very emotionally, you know, all the time. And then they endure great suffering to support each other. At what point in that story does self-interest turn into love? At what point is the human consciousness actually doing something else and I don't know where that is but you know there's evidence of it you know you can see it. As Stephen Cummings wrote you're a deep thinker. (laughs) Mm, It's a bit of an affliction really. I I do have a good sense of humor though I'm very ironic you know and I think the beauty of, of that kind of thought is that you end up with this gallows humor. I mean that's what I love about the Jews. The Jews have this great humor well not all of them but you know they do have this really macabre sense of humor you know. Which is really fascinating. Yeah, Seinfeld. That's right. Well, I guess we all have to make a decision eventually about Jesus. Well, I probably, if it's going to be made, it'll be as my last croak. I would say it'll just be the head on the pillow. Some of us won't get that
1: chance. Gone unexpectedly. We never know. So it's good to be ready now and to heed the words of Hebrews nine. It is appointed for man to die once, and then the judgment. got light and life.